Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Jen here, and welcome to the Simply Unfairly Show. Today's episode is one where I'd like to get a few things off of my chest. And just for a little background, I am in this small business group, and the other day they were sharing these prompts, which are basically like ideas for topics that you could talk about on social media or on your podcast. And one of them was, what do you wish people were saying in your industry that no one is saying? And when I saw that prompt, I was like, ooh, <laughs> it was like this little light bulb or light bulbs going off in my mind. And I felt really excited because I felt like there are definitely some things that I wanted to talk about that I just don't feel are being talked about enough. So uh, that's what we're going to dive into on this podcast. And yeah, I have quite a lot that I want to say, so let's just dive in. First and foremost, one thing that I wish people were saying more often is acknowledging that decluttering is harder for some people than others, right? And this is because of lived experience. So I'm going to share some of those reasons why uh, decluttering is harder for some people than others. But what I want to say first is just the reason for why it's so important to talk about this. I know from my own experience that when I first started decluttering, my expectations for how it would go were very different from what happened. So I sort of thought that decluttering was going to be the equivalent of like spring cleaning my house. Like if I just put my head down and, you know, used a little elbow grease, I would be able to get it done in a reasonable amount of time. Where if you've heard my story before, or if you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that was anything but the truth, right? <laughs> um, what I experienced instead was that it took me several years, probably like, I think I usually say like around three years, but honestly, if I think about it, maybe a bit longer, um, to really make any significant progress with my home. And I know from conversations with readers, uh, people who read my blog, listeners from the podcast, people who send me DMs, clients that I have worked with, I have heard from so many people who say the same thing, how they felt that it was so much harder than they expected. And the fallout of that was that it made them feel like one of several things. Um, the one that I can relate to the most is feeling like something was wrong with me. I felt that like I must have had some kind of fundamental flaw in my personality that made it harder for me to declutter because I was overly sensitive. I was overly materialistic. I told myself all sorts of stories about how I must be such a horrible person um, for why I couldn't declutter, right? And so if we don't acknowledge that sometimes it's just harder for certain people for various reasons, you know, you risk putting people in this place where they're blaming themselves for it being a challenge. Um, but honestly, I think that that's even a small part of the problem. The bigger part of the problem 
is where we talk about this kind of concept of privilege, right? Where you make people feel like, well, that's not for me. It's like othering people and they don't feel welcome in that community or they don't feel like they can fit in. And yeah, I guess this is a probably good point where I start to talk about some of the reasons why decluttering is harder for some people, right? Um, the first one that comes to mind is like your childhood or your lived experience. If you are perhaps the child of immigrants, right? Or maybe you just went through a lot of financial hardship as a child. Um, for example, I know that my grandparents, my mom moved to America when she was seven and they, you know, could only bring like a suitcase each. They didn't have a lot of stuff. So then I, I'm very confident that the reason that my grandparents were maybe like borderline hoarders most of my life is because I had the experience of giving everything up, right? And if you have that background or if maybe you grew up in a household with parents who lived through the depression or lived through some kind of, you know, serious financial insecurity, of course, you're going to be raised to look at things differently. And that doesn't make you a bad person or that you have any kind of character flaw. That's just a fact. You have a different lived experience. Also, if we talk about health, either physical or mental, um, gosh, like some of you, if you've been following along, will know that I had a lot of health issues over the past two years, and that was very humbling. It just taught me how ignorant I was about what is true for so many people in the world, just how frustrating it is to not be able to do things that you want to do, but you physically can't. And I know, again, a lot of people feel that way about decluttering. They have some capacity, right? They could probably declutter a little bit, but they're not going to be able to do what they see other people doing as quickly or as easily. Um, the same goes with mental health. Uh, I've, I don't have ADHD, but I've had many conversations with people who do, and decluttering is obviously a little bit more challenging for them because of the way that their brain functions. Or even if we're just talking about things like depression or anxiety, you have probably heard there's a lot of conversations out there about how good decluttering is for your mental health and how it can help alleviate some of the symptoms. But the flip side, which I don't think people talk about nearly enough, is that if you are struggling with mental health, it's harder to declutter, right? I mean, like if you think about someone who's depressed or I've, I've dealt with anxiety in my life, if you're having trouble just doing the basics sometimes and functioning, of course, it's going to be even harder to do an emotionally draining task like decluttering. Okay. And that's, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Um, another thing that I see come up a lot is lack of support. Um, as some of you know, I used to be a shopaholic. And again, I've worked with lots of people who have struggled with that as well. And oftentimes, shopping is something that people do because they are going through a difficult period in their lives and they don't have any support, right? They don't have any tools. They don't have family. They don't have friends. They don't have access to professional help, right? And they're going through something really difficult and they just need something to help them get through it. And so, what happens is maybe they shop a lot, maybe they, or, you know, some people eat a lot or whatever it is. But sometimes those things are the result of your lived experience. Now, all of this, all of this to say that if you have some of these challenges, I believe that you can still declutter. Um, it might take you longer. It might not look like 
what other people have. Like when you look on Instagram and you see these like picture-perfect homes, right? It's still possible. Um, And just quickly on the flip side, when I see sometimes these kind of comments, especially on social media, where I post things about decluttering, people be like, oh, you know, um, that's great for people who can do it, but my family's not on board. That's impossible for me. I don't have time. I completely acknowledge these challenges. But one of the kind of mantras I live by is that I try to remind myself that don't let what I can't control, right? So I can't control sometimes if I have to work, um, you know, especially when I was younger, I used to work two jobs, right? You might not be able to control that, but don't let what you can't control blind you to what you can control, right? But having said that, I also acknowledge that sometimes the reason people might feel like there's no way I can do that, you know, kind of like... um. And I say this with compassion because this is how I used to feel a lot when I was younger. Like, oh, good for you on your little high and mighty decluttering horse. You know, um, it's nice for people for, like you to do this. Some of us have bigger problems. And again, I'm not denying that. But because there's no acknowledgement of this in the conversation about decluttering, it just really makes some people feel like it's not for them when it could be for them. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, Another example I thought of when I was brainstorming some notes for this episode, I was at a Christmas party actually a few weeks ago and having a conversation um, with this lovely woman who I just met. And we were talking about, you've probably heard that like really cliched line, like, oh, we all have 24 hours in a day, right? And like, of course, yes, obviously it's true. But in reality, like functionally, that's not how time works. Like if you have to work two jobs, as I said, just to pay your bills, you're a single mom, you get no help, right? Um, maybe you have health issues. Maybe you are caring for an elderly parent or, or young children. The free time that you have to do things is different from, say, somebody who's older, uh, who's very financially secure, et cetera. And if we just don't have these, if we don't acknowledge the nuance, it just makes people feel excluded. It makes them feel othered, right? And I guess my point is, it's just that it's not that people can't try or that people shouldn't declutter. It's just that we should talk more about why it's harder for some people. So that if people are struggling, um, they know that A, that's absolutely normal. And B, if you're not in a perfect circumstance, it still makes you feel like, okay, I can do something. This is a community that acknowledges the challenges that I'm facing and still says, we can still help you, right? Instead of saying, oh, these are all these like easy hacks and everybody should be able to do it. And you should just, you know, not feel attached to your stuff or, you know, you should not be a materialistic person. It kind of reminds me of, um, I can't remember the episode of the podcast now, but I recorded one. I want to say it's like, somewhere around like 15 or the 20th episode where I talk about minimalism and morality and how careful we have to be about not judging people for clutter. How easy it is like in society, um, you see it with like those hoarders shows, right? It's kind of like we have this judgment that people that have too much clutter can be lazy or they're materialistic or they're bad people. And that shame that kind of gets put out there, makes it very hard for people to ask for help or people to make change. And the way to reduce that shame 
is by saying, hey, I get it. I totally get it. For some people, decluttering is going to be really easy. For some people, um, like my husband, for example, is what I would call a natural minimalist. He just finds that he moved from the UK to Australia with like one bag and he just doesn't feel the need to shop and he wears his clothes out until they fall apart and he just doesn't own middle things. Um, sorry, he doesn't own a lot of things. And he, you know, is a very compassionate person, but he has a hard time understanding that decluttering is something that people struggle with. And so I guess one of my goals um, using my voice and my platform out there is just to say, hey, sometimes people struggle and it's through no fault of their own. It is just because of their lived experience and we all have walk different paths in life. Okay. So yeah, I would just, I guess if I was going to be on my high horse for a moment, I would just say that I would really love to see more people talking about this because decluttering and simplifying for me, the benefits of it go so far beyond the individual. It helps communities. It helps environments. Um, I guess especially if you're considering simplifying beyond just like decluttering when we talk about reducing stress, right? Reducing busyness, reducing consumption on a bigger scale. All of this ties back to decluttering and simplifying. And I want to invite as many people as possible into this lifestyle. And so, yeah, it's just something I would like to see more of. Okay, so um, the next truth about decluttering or kind of conversation I'd like to have more often is related to what I was just saying about the benefits of decluttering. There are a few things here that I really want to make crystal clear. First and foremost, I want people to understand that decluttering is not a magic pill. Now, I think I've talked about this before, and also I would admit that sometimes as somebody who has been blogging about minimalism since 2015, I admit that there's probably been situations where I may have been part of the problem. But it is so easy to kind of present to the world that decluttering is like, if you declutter and simplify your life, everything's going to be wonderful. All your stress is going to go away. Um, you know, it's going to be like tapping your fingers and ta-da, life is going to be so much better. And obviously, I do believe there's some benefits of minimalism. We'll kind of talk about that in a moment. Um, but when I first started decluttering, I fell, fell into this trap, I guess you could call it, um, as well, where I used to really think that once I finished decluttering, like the vast majority of my stress was going to go away, right? And so, um, as I said, it took me like three or four years to declutter. But then even once I did, I realized pretty quickly that this just wasn't true, right? Getting rid of all of, you know, my stuff. I downsized to a point where I was living at one stage in this teeny tiny studio apartment. I want to say it was probably like 140 square foot. It didn't even have a kitchen and bathroom. They were like shared on the property. Um, So yeah, like ultra, ultra minimalist. But I still found that like, I wasn't living that beautiful, super carefree life that I sort of thought, oh, yes, I'll have that as soon as I declutter. Um, so at the time, what I thought was this is a sign that I need to simplify other areas of, life, of my life, excuse me, 
um, which I did. My husband and I really made some big lifestyle changes over the past decade where we have intentionally stepped back with, you know, our successful quote unquote careers, um, made sacrifices with our income, the size of our home, et cetera, in order to have more time freedom, less responsibility, less responsibilities. Sorry. Um, not talking well today, which isn't great when you have a podcast. But anyway, um, yeah, more time freedom, less responsibilities, more time with our kids, etc. And I guess summing everything up is that what I learned when I came out the other end is, one, if we're looking at that big picture, simplifying, decluttering does not make all your problems go away. It just means that you have different types of problems. And I still think that's a good thing. For example, on like a day-to-day basis now, I spend less time like worrying about getting my laundry done and more time like thinking about how I want to be as a parent, more time thinking about my health, more time thinking about right this podcast, for example. Um, and so I definitely feel like the problems that I have now are more aligned, I should say, like higher level problems, although I'm not sure if that's really the right term, just the problems that feel more meaningful to me. Um, Not always, right? I still have to like clean my house and feed my kids and pay taxes, etc. But I'm not nearly as stressed about the day-to-day running of my life as I used to be. But it's just not like, it hasn't been this magic transformation. It wasn't like I just magically decluttered and then my problems went away. I still have problems. They're just different kinds of problems. Now, building on this same topic, um, I also want to point out that the benefits that I have experienced from decluttering, the ones that like I really have ranted and kind of raved about on other episodes or on my blog, come less from like just having less stuff and more from what I learned about myself from decluttering and to what I did with the space I created in my life. Okay. And I could talk so much about this. Honestly, that's probably why I'm a little bit all over the place. So I apologize. Um, But to keep things really brief, (laughs) never going to be really brief with me, actually. Um, But just know that the way that you declutter, how you declutter matters. That's something actually I really wish that people talked about more as well. If you are just tossing your stuff into boxes, right? Oh, this is your keep pile. This is your toss pile. And you just go through your house and you're like, does this spark joy? Again, that's not a dig at Marie Kondo because I know I've gotten gotten people very mad at me. I'm just talking like figuratively, right? If you're just tossing things into boxes, you may end up with less stuff in your home. But in my experience, nothing really changes. Like whatever habits or whatever there was inside of you that led to having you have so much clutter in the first place, it probably hasn't changed. And so you'll find that a year down the road, two years down the road, however long, you more than likely will kind of end up in the same place. Alternatively, decluttering is a beautiful opportunity for self-awareness. When we learn from our clutter, when we question why did we have clutter in the first place, what are our fears, our thoughts, or just habits, patterns, what led to us having so much stuff in our home, that helps us break cycles. Anyway, 
I did a podcast. Um, this one was episode 11, where I talked about how my minimalist wardrobe really led to self-acceptance. And that's a great example of this. What I did was when I was decluttering my closet, I really examined why I kept and bought certain clothes. That in turn helped me understand the fears and thoughts, like what was I thinking about myself, what did I believe about myself, etc. And once I got myself into that mindset, decluttering was like healing. And so it wasn't just getting rid of, rid of stuff. I transformed the way that I looked at myself, and I also transformed the way that I shopped in the future. It wasn't just having less clothes that made my life better. It was the process, the learning process that made all the difference. So this is what I wish um, people just talked about more. One, that they didn't kind of, and again, this is something I've got to be so careful of myself, but I don't want to sell decluttering as this magic pill that's going to fix all your problems. It's not. um, But as you declutter, you may find that the quality of your problems change that you're like, spend less time looking for your keys, for example, and more times thinking like, what can I do to improve the quality of my life or the quality of life of my loved one, right? So you still have the problems, still have the stress, it's just different. And kind of building on that, that how you declutter matters, right? And what you do with that space that you create in your life. So I won't go on about it too much, but I will say that this is exactly the kind of work that we do in my program, Clear Your Clutter. If you are interested, um, it's a group program that I run twice a year. The link is in the show notes if you want to get in the wait list. Um, The doors are going to open again, I want to say about mid-January. I still have to work on the exact date. Um, But I've been running this program live twice a year for, I want to say, almost five years. And I pretty much always get the same feedback about how this program really changes the way that people see their clutter. It's like they put on glasses and they can see everything with fresh eyes. And I genuinely believe it's because of what I've talked about so far in this episode, that we spend time acknowledging why your relationship with clutter might be different. And we really spend time learning from our clutter. And leading into sort of the final point of this episode, when I talk about learning from our clutter and examining our clutter. One thing that I have observed, again, in the decluttering community is that, and I'm speaking really broadly, I really don't want to be like calling anyone out. And again, I am probably guilty. In fact, not probably, I know for sure that I've done this before, but there's so much talk about like decluttering hacks, decluttering methods. Here are 10 decluttering tips that'll help you do this, right? Again, obviously, I contribute to this. Um, (laughs) I've got like a million articles, I think, about tips and hacks. But if you are someone who is reading them all, right, and you'd be like, I know this, like the back of my hand now, I could probably write my own decluttering book. And yet somehow you struggle to follow through. You really have that experience of, oh, I know what I should be doing, but I just can't get myself to do it. The reason for that is that I truly believe that there is a difference between knowing how to declutter and knowing how to let go, okay? So like when you know how to declutter, generally that's very good for clearing the low-hanging fruit, like the kind of stuff that you kind of know you should be getting rid of, like you probably have like some expired cosmetics or like, you know, a 
sweatshirt that has like 20 holes in it. Um, you know, like that kind of rubbish type level clutter that's very easy to get rid of. But what I often find is that after you do your sort of first or second round of decluttering, it gets really hard. And you have stuff that you kind of know that maybe you should get rid of. You've got like some dress that you haven't worn in three years. It still has the tags attached, right? And you know in your brain, there's part of your brain who knows you're never going to wear that. You should just get rid of it. But you just can't follow through. And that is where the how to let go comes up. And to me, that is a very different part of decluttering, um, part that is very rarely spoken about. And again, to me, this contributes to that whole sort of almost like shame. People feel bad because they can't follow through with what they think they're supposed to be able to do. And that's because they're missing a piece of the puzzle. So without going into all the details, um, when I think about how to let go, it is about your relationship with stuff. I'm not going to say, even though I've taught a course on it for five years, I'm never going to pretend I have all the answers because this is very personal. But from experience, we don't necessarily need more tips like let's turn the hangers backwards or store stuff in boxes or different kind of hacks, right? What we need is to ask deeper questions. Like if you were struggling to declutter that dress with the tags still attached, is it because you feel shamed? Maybe you feel ashamed that you spent a lot of money on a dress that you've never worn and in your head you're feeling guilty. That's like money I could have been spent taking my kids out for a special day or something like that. And so that shame, you don't want to face that shame because that shame is pretty horrible feeling. So you just keep your item and you don't declutter it because decluttering means thinking about these things that are hard, right? Or maybe that dress represents the side of yourself that you wish you could change. Like maybe it is, and this is from personal experience. I remember once buying this gorgeous silk designer blouse that was discounted at some kind of uh, outlet shop. And I was really young. It probably wasn't even that high quality. But to me, it represented this like aspirational lifestyle. Like I wanted to be the type of person who wore silk blouses and I wanted to be the type of person who um, dressed in designer clothes. So even though I never wore it and it wasn't really my style, it was hard to declutter because I didn't want to let go of that like vision of myself that was in my brain better than my actual self right? There was this like beautiful version of myself that was so successful and wealthy and beautiful. And I was just my boring self. <laughs> and so that made it really hard to declutter. And this is honestly like, those are just two examples out of a million. Um, we talk about this a lot again in my program, Clear Your Clutter. But regardless, I just wish that the decluttering world in general talked more about how to let go and why it's so hard. I just really, I guess if I had to sum everything up that I've been talking about in this episode, it's just really opening the horizon beyond treating decluttering like some kind of household chore and just acknowledging the vast amount of emotions that are involved and how it can be um, your lived experience, your, you know, privilege. Somebody who makes, you know, $250,000 a year is going to find it a lot easier to toss out a $40 jacket or something that they haven't worn 
than somebody who's making $20,000 a year, right? And that's not shaming anyone, but we need to be having this conversation because it is the truth for a lot of people and it just creates a more inclusive, supportive environment. Okay? So yeah, um, ooh, that was a bit of a, I know that was a bit of a random episode with a bit of rambling, so please excuse me. But those are just some things that I felt was really important to get out there. Um, in my experience, when I think about decluttering, it has been one of my greatest opportunities for personal growth. And that's just not how it's talked about. Um, but yeah, as I said, that's been my experience. And I encourage you to give it a try to think about your decluttering that way. And if you would like some assistance, please feel free to check out simplyfiestly.com slash clear your clutter or the link in the bio. Um, and maybe we can work together in January. That's all for today. Thanks very much and take care. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time. Thanks again.